Welcome to the Mexico Business Now podcast, your ultimate source for insights and trends shaping the Mexican business landscape. The following expert contributor article of the finance industry is, Have Fintechs Failed to Dislodge Banks? by Juan Miguel Guerra, CEO of Revolut. The other day, someone asked me, why has fintech failed to dislodge the banks? There are several problems with this question. First, let's start with definitions. The Oxford English Dictionary defines fintech as computer programs and other technology used to provide banking and financial services. According to FIS Global, broadly speaking, a fintech company is one that employs emerging technology to provide financial services. But what about companies like FIS that provide technology services to banks and other financial institutions? I think they could call themselves fintech companies too, but let's not go there. The guy who asked me the question was clearly referring to fintech companies. He thought they would take over traditional banking by now and have failed to do so. I will now try to answer. Blurred lines. Some fintech companies are licensed as banks while many traditional banks have embraced the use of technology to drive their business either at the core, in the periphery, or both. But let's not get pedantic on this point and stick to the spirit behind the question. Geography. Are we talking about Mexico? China? Europe? The answer to this question varies greatly depending on jurisdiction. Sorry, I'm perhaps being pedantic again, but this is a point worth considering. Age. First of all, fintech companies are a fairly new phenomenon. They would have been unthinkable without the cloud. AWS appeared in 2006 and was not widely used in financial services for a decade. So asking this question would be like asking why baby Michael Jordan can't dunk it. He will, oh, he definitely will, just wait and see. Regulation. Banking is a heavily regulated industry, and rightly so. It takes time to secure licenses. Moats. Using the analogy of a medieval castle, moats are barriers that keep competition away from an incumbent's business. To name a few. Complexity. Banking is not trivial. Entry costs into the industry are significant. Many services require a balance sheet, which startups tend to lack. And, because banks deal with money, rookie mistakes can be fatal. Trust. At the end of the day, banks are where people and businesses deposit their money. They're not going to trust Johnny come lately with their money. At least not without Johnny making significant efforts and investment to position himself. Inertia. In the UK, one can switch banks pretty much just by clicking a button. And yet, people are more likely to get divorced than to switch banks. Funding. Chipping away at traditional banks' business is expensive. But we just had a few years of exuberant VC investment. That availability of capital made it possible for some fintechs to become runaway successes, although many will remain too small to succeed and fail, as is common with most young companies. Bias, Amara's Law Humans are biased to underestimate exponential processes, we think linearly. Roy Amara and Bill Gates have said something along the lines of people overestimate the effect of a technology in the short run and underestimate the effect in the long run. It's funny how a technology only becomes transformational once the hype has faded. A friend of mine used to work in innovation at a French telco. He once had a chat with the CFO of the company about WhatsApp and the potential threat it could pose to their business. 
The CFO brushed it off, saying it only had 2% of the market. Two years later, it had become over 90%. If telcos hadn't started selling data plans, they'd be in serious trouble. In short, for fintech, it's still day one. While I do think many subscale fintechs will fail, I am sure that fintech on the whole will triumph. This will happen in two ways. One, some fintechs, as stated above, have already crossed the chasm and are going from strength to strength. And two, traditional banks are embracing financial technology and new ways of doing business. Who will win? Whoever displays the best management and entrepreneurial skills. It's really not about bits and bytes, nor is it about using the words agile or scrum, and it certainly has little to do with the indiscriminate use of post-its. Like it always has, business success has to do with the combination of management and entrepreneurship together. Great management without entrepreneurship leads to what Clay Christensen calls succeeding at failing. Very well-managed companies delivered solid dividends to shareholders, neglecting the long-term and potential disruption to their core business, only to eventually, inevitably, fall off a cliff. Blockbuster is a familiar example. A common problem for startups is the lack of focus, leading teams to try to boil the ocean, spreading themselves too thin and prematurely killing what could have otherwise been a thriving business. So, how should financial services companies be managed? It's tricky. That's why Antec is so much fun. There can be no dogma. One must do what works. But there are some principles. Process and structure are required. When one manages people's money, strict controls need to be in place to manage risk adequately. At the same time, these companies need smart, creative talent driven by autonomy, mastery, and purpose, according to Daniel Pink. So how does one get the balance right? Although I'm a huge fan of Netflix's culture deck, I don't think that philosophy can be applied verbatim in banking. One needs to find, within the same company, the space where process must lead and the space where judgment must be applied instead. To me, the only way to achieve that is through leadership and thoughtful organizational design. Whoever gets this right will dominate the next 250 years of financial services, irrespective of whether it's a traditional bank or a fintech. More information on the Mexican business ecosystem at mexicobusiness.news. Mm -hmm.